0: Good morning, Patriots. And it is Friday, October 6th in the year 2023. Patriots, we're up at the uh, Yuba City or the Church of Glad Tidings uh, men's camp, which is way up in the mountains. We have the coolest setup here this morning. There is a big uh, kitchen feeding area at this remote camp and they have Wi-Fi and it's back in the back corner. And this is like a made to standing podcast area. And this morning, I also have a special guest, which I'm gonna bring on here in just a moment. And that's Lieutenant Colonel and my close friend, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers. So we're gonna have a longer show this morning, and it's, uh, it's gonna be the show, both Bended Knee and Bards FM combined today. We've just had so much going on, and it's, um, and we're running late, it sounds like Bards Fest too, which we'll talk about that in a moment as well. But we're just kind of getting things out and going. So Patriots, before we begin this morning, one thing that's really, really clear is that you're going to have to keep your skills up as we go. Then this time we're heading into some pretty critical time windows and things are starting to fall apart. And you need to take care of your family always first and foremost. You have a responsibility to protect your property and your family, and you need to do do that. You need to make sure your skills are sharp and they don't slide. Part of the problem we have right now in this nation is cost of ammo, cost of getting to the gun range, time as well. That's why we have iTarget Pro. iTarget Pro is literally designed for that perfect way of keeping your skills up using the tried and true methods of dry fire with a laser bullet. Once you put that into your firearm, you can point at your target. It, it ties to the app that's on your phone and you can literally do your dry firing and get immediate feedback on to how accurate you are. This is a great way to train your firearm in the comfort of your home it also is a safe way to train your fam- family, your kids, and your friends. So, patriots, check out iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. Your promo code is Bards. B-A-R-D-S. You'll get ten percent off. Pro. Itargetpro, that's iTargetPro.com. Use your promo code Bards. You're not going to be disappointed. This is a fantastic app. It's a fantastic way to train. A fantastic way to keep your skills up and keep them polished and honed. All right, patriots. So, as we continue here this morning we were all starting to get up and get going up here, and we are sitting here this morning with Colonel Pete Chambers. Pete, how are you? Yes,
1: sir. Uh, you're doing great. This is a great day to be live.
0: It is indeed. So Pete and I are up here as, as guests, and uh, pretty good camp, don't you think, Pete?
1: You know, it started off well last night, I've got to say. That was <laughs> a, an so, amazing moment.
0: It was. We, have, uh, we had, what did you say, about 130 in that, 140? Yeah, I
1: counted uh, 140-something. 140
0: men in there last night, and... Uh, we had a fantastic, um, fantastic start. I, I'm just going to tell you. By the time I was the speaker last night, and we ended up bringing about a third of those men through deliverance last night, which was awesome. Just absolutely incredible to watch and witness. We had uh, so many. Just it's just a powerful connection overall,
1: right? Right. There was a there was an energy in the room from that very first moment with the music that kicked off, and the music was uh, was some was just amazing. But uh, the word that came across out of, out of you, <laughs> it moved a lot of people. Cause I, you know me, I always stay in the back corner. Yep. You know, I always stay in the hard corner. So I'm I'm over there uh, watching all this, and I could see the wave come through of just, you know, because we were we were, we were there was a method to the madness. But I think you were definitely spirit.
0: <laughs> it was it was a wild night. I'm telling you, yeah. Holy Spirit was there, and we were moving, and then we were shaking, and we're bringing people to, to, to Jesus and helping them heal. It was fantastic. It just we, before we get, Pete's got a word for us, but. Is Joe with us today? Joe is with us. You want to have him say hello?
1: Joe. Abwa. Abwa. <laughs> okay.
0: Joe is here. And we've got Pete and Joe. He says hello. Joe's awesome. He actually, I swear, Joe sees in the spirit completely because of the way he, he flows. But he was with us last night and had a great time. So, Pete, you got a word for us today. What is it?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I opened up the Bible this morning, just like usual, and it's, uh, it's out of the book of Mark, chapter 3. Is uh, verse, let me put my glasses on here. We're getting old, my brother. <laughs> you and me both, my friend. It's called, it's called presbyopia. Look it up. Old man eyes. Okay. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. This is the key. 27. So chapter three, twenty-seven. no one can enter a strong man's house. And there were a lot of strong men in that room. Oh, yeah. These are lumberjacks. These trees are huge. <laughs> and no, <laughs> no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. That
0: is a great scripture. Amazing. Is this? Yeah. You know, Peter and I were talking about this this morning. When you read that and you're like, okay, well, how can you not see the deliverance is at the core of so much of what we do,
1: right? You can't unsee it
0: right there it is right that's what i say
1: about the glory of the kingdom you cannot unsee it that's so well yeah now pete you've got we've been talking a lot and it
0: obviously because pete and i are here we talk a lot but you are talking you really put your whole border mission in context of the holy spirit so just kind of talk about that because this is
1: a daunting thing that's happening in the united states right now right it's a house divided yes and it's not just the border mission the border mission is a representation of a line of effort that satan ultimately, you know, Satan, but uh, that the, uh, the world, one world people, whatever it is, the Clower, Piven, Doctor, We could talk about a lot of things, but uh, that border mission re- represents uh, something entering the kingdom of the kingdom of the United States, small K, yeah. but the kingdom of God gave his hand, put his hand on this nation in 1607, actually, when the covenant, the first covenant, when, uh, before Jamestown. Right. Uh, Mayflower. It was Mayflower. Yeah dedicated this nation to a covenant of marriage to Jesus. Now, when you enter in the back door like that, you're attacking that kingdom, that marriage. That's good. That's good. Absolutely true. I mean, that's, that's the only way I can and see it, it. And
0: I would argue even further. I mean, that's, that goes down to how we treat our homes is how we treat our marriages, right?
1: Well, you know, General Flynn says local action has global impact when we act at the tactical level with the family. I'm going to refer to things military-wise, it's just 30, 30, they all know, they, they get yeah. me, they yeah. get, they're, they're good. So, so, you know, at the tactical level, when we start affecting things in the small and they trickle up, that's what happens. It starts affecting each level of command, operational, all the way to strategic, political, geopolitical levels, but that starts there at the ground. So when we were talking last night about family and some testimonies were given, and, and, and we spoke uh, to, to men that came up, every single one had a heart that was broken because some action they did, which has an equal and opposite reaction in life, every action they did in their life, including me, was broken because I knew, I could sense it as they were coming up and talking, you could see it in the room. Yep. There, there was a shuddering when words were spoken that took place and, and from the back of the room, I could see that. And so we have to realize that what we do in the small will ultimately, collectively, take down things in the large that's and well we've got to fight that fight
0: we do you know and that's a lot of what we were getting at last night Patriots just so you know and what that is is getting deep into these these things we carry it's their weights you can see
1: that on the men oh yeah yeah I mean it's, it's a heaviness it's a it's a stone it's a it's it's something you're carrying you got an, an extra 50 pounds of of rocks in your ruck and, it, and you're exactly supposed to right. be carrying ammo and and food
0: and all you're carrying is weight.
1: And you're carrying just needless weight.
0: We saw, like you've all if you were at Bardsfest, you witnessed it, and we saw it here, just seeing these men, and these are good men, but again, something in the past, whatever it is, heavily hang, hanging on them, right? trying to define them of who they are, binding them to a past. And we start working through that, and you just, you watch
1: the tears flow, and you watch the freedom happen. It's beautiful. Right. You know? and, and there's one particular gentleman from last night that, uh, from, from a distance was waiting in line to come and speak with me, you know, and, uh, and I'm not used to that. It's an uncomfortable place for me. Yeah, because you're, you're the man yeah, in the shadows. And I have, to, I have to, you know, talk about things that are not uncomfortable, just different. You know, when I speak to soldiers, it's different than speaking mm-hmm. to a man about his heart or my heart. And, uh, but I could see him walking up and his eyes locked on it. He was already teared up and just red, waiting in line to talk. And he came up and he, he just spilled his heart. And then we got through that together because my my message that I got, and it actually kicked off at Bars Fest in uh, Kentucky, was close your eyes and breathe. And and so the and, and Brad Cummings told me something about breathing, because I just heard that like close your eyes and breathe. In my spirit, I heard this, and he said every time we breathe, we we whisper Yahweh. Now now in the Hebrew, there's no vowels, right? Right. So it's just the you know just the consonants. So you can't really say it. But when you breathe, it makes the same sound of that word. So for our very first moment on this earth, when we come out of the womb to the last minute that either a guy like me puts a soldier in a body bag and that's his last breath before he goes in there, he's, he's admitting his name. He's saying his name, his name, capital H. Yeah, is that amazing? And so when I, when I breathe and then I looked up and just as I did last night, and I'll continue to do this because this is what gets me to feel somebody's heart because I, I had a heart of stone in the past. You know, I didn't, there was no pity, no mercy, no, maybe self pity, but that was about it. But now I can look and I can feel that. And when you feel it, then you can work through it together because I, you're part of them.
0: Pete, I'm going to put you on the spot a little more this morning. Oh. And, I, and this is up to you if you want to share it. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm not <laughs> squeezing because we had a moment over here and you told me a story, yeah. but I, I want to know if you could talk to about uh, Altman, if you can tell oh, us. Uh, Father James Altman, okay. a
1: canceled Catholic priest, a hero. Yeah. in the kingdom.
0: So, I, Patrice, I want you to hear this story because it is so incredible how God <laughs> works <laughs> and there's a randomness that is so, It's first of all, it's courageous heart of, of Pete Chambers here, which you're going to hear. This is, the, this is the level when we talk about doing deliverance of what it requires of us to come forward to release some of our burdens, to be honest and testimonial to it and through that collectively we heal. We heal through prayer and we heal other ways. So, go ahead, Pete, I'm going to let you tell the story.
1: Right, so uh, I'm up in Maryland at a uh, conference. This was about a year ago, and it was a freedom conference. So it was all walks of life that were there from around the country. Uh, I don't know the numbers of people, but it was just an amazing uh, freedom time. And, and all faiths, and, and that was interesting. So I, w- I see these two guys. You can't miss Catholic priests. You know, They're in the room, and they've got their, their habit on, and they're in the back. And I didn't know anything about their faith, really. I knew a little bit, but I didn't know who these gentlemen were. And uh, one's from Texas and one is, uh, I believe he's from Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. Father James Altman. Yeah. And they're walking through the lobby and I said, hey. And, you know, I'm looking like a thug. It's early in the morning. I'm getting my coffee and they're, they're like, yeah, can I help you? And, you know, we saw you at the conference, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I got to confess. Do you guys do that? And then he's like, of course we do, we do that. But it, it's a process. And I said, well, that's not how it's going to go today. So here's the deal. And I confess something in my heart, a sin that I had created against my family that I did that I needed to get off my chest to a man. I eventually came clean to my family, but, but to a man. And because I had read, you know, it is written, right? that you know, confession is, is, a, is a, as they call it, a sacrament. And, and it was something that was important to me. And so in the corner of the room, in that lobby, in that hotel in Maryland, I gave a confession to a Catholic priest for the first time in my life. And you're not Catholic. And I'm not Catholic. <laughs> but but this, is, this is the beautiful thing that his heart accepted it, allowed out of order of things in the Catholic faith, a man to come up and spill his heart, and that is part of healing. When we give our testimonies, and I was just looking that up and uh, trying to find that, but, but where it talks about, we, you know, we can look it up. Um, when you give your testimony, an, an, uh, an amount of healing takes place. Yeah, it
0: does, because it's, it's, it is scriptural. We come together as a and, group. And
1: a testimony is a confession. Yes. And when we do it on a, on the, on the stage, it's a vulnerability. And you mentioned that last night. <laughs> that
0: would be a word, <laughs> right?
1: So you have vulnerabilities, but then, right. but then here's the deal. These guys look at you and there's expectations, right? You always, you know, you look at things in context. When I give a speech to a group, I have to give the context. I'm not trying to give my resume so they can think great of me because I just say, Hey, look, I'm a soldier. I came in under Reagan. I got out under Brandon. Okay. So that's my, military testimony, but right, there's some right. expectations with that because now you're saying, okay, well, Lieutenant Colonel Green Beret flight surgeon, there's expectations of this person that's speaking. So sometimes people can hold that up as, on a pedestal and say, wow, that's cool, but I don't want that factor. What I want you to understand is even that guy, that guy is broken. Yeah,
0: no, that's so true. This is, this is such a, I want to go back to the story real quickly because this is how God works. So if you don't know who father Altman is of all the people in the world that God would have put there near Pete at that moment for a very powerful and important testimony. And it would have to be Father Altman if it was going to be a Catholic priest. And the reason I say that is that he is already, he is so outside the box for the Catholic Church. And he's one of those, a true, in a sense, free thinker. And, um, and that is his heart. He is, he is that way. He would, he would put that down. So again, just the randomness of God placing somebody before us He's, he has him there and Pete has it on his heart and he brings two people together to bear witness to something that's a sin, be able to share that, to hear that and as testimony and release that into the world. It's transformational. And that's, that's what is happening here at this men's camp is that we're, in the, in, as we talked about last night and, and. Just to say, kind of acknowledge what Pete said, let me tell you, the Holy Bo- the Holy Spirit was on was there last night and we were on fire and God was working through me last night and I, I hardly remember half the stuff I said. It was fantastic, but it was there. And the beautiful thing is when you're speaking in a group like that and you, you place it before them, it's like this is the time. This is the time we have to come together. We stand as one body, but we witness each other. We give witness to these these things that are on our heart and then release them. And then through prayer, and the, the the process of worship, we're able to start healing in the deeper way that only God can do, and only Christ can do deep within the heart. And that's, those are the wounds that are healing. It's a transformation that begins to be to occur within us, and it's the weight and burden that is released that ultimately leads us to a, a truth level of freedom. So what do you got?
1: Yeah, so you know I just looked it up real quick here in John in in uh, chapter six, you know it it is or chapter nine, excuse me. In, it is written, here it is, uh, Jesus is healing a blind man and he's questioned about it by the Pharisees. Right. And so when we have people walk up, just like the guy I was talking about and numerous guys last night who come to me broken and say, you know, and I'm just as broken, right? We're all just as broken, all have fallen short of the glory of God. But in, in 24, so they, they summoned the man again who had been blind and he told them, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Okay, so they know he's a sinner. That's their judgment on, upon him, the Pharisee. And then he answers, whether or not he is a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. So what, what happens when we do that, I, I believe, is that we, we, we don't know what each person walks up with. There's some pretty rough characters in this room, right? Some, dudes <laughs> some, done some serious time. Yeah, Some lumberjacks, some, you know, it's like my kind of people. And, uh, they're, they're, we don't know what's, what's inside, what's hurting them, right. but we know that when we open ourselves up, we can connect at that moment, and as sinners, we can lift up, what is it, the glory of God, yep. as in Psalm 113, not to us, Lord, not to us, Lord, but to thy name be the glory, the kingdom's glory. And be the kingdom's glory. Yeah. And so
0: Peter will tell you last night, um, there was, I, as I was going through talking to the men, uh, God led me to speak to one. and. <laughs> this dude was cut big as a house. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a big boy.
1: wearing the uh, wife beater t-shirt.
0: Yeah, wearing the wife beater the t-shirt gotcha. and, and I, and I, I, the word for him was you're playing games with Jesus in your heart. And I, let me tell you, there was, there was some, there was some eye contact there because he, he is a, yeah. he's, I, but, um, the amazing thing is this is how the Lord works. I mean, I spoke truth to him and he received it later, came up to the front. And we prayed, and he was just, and he just let so much of that go. We saw stuff there, we'll get to it, but that's irrelevant. Let so much of it go with tears. And he said, You know, he looked at me and said, Brother, thank you for the truth, and I love you. That's just the key right there. And it's something that I talk about a lot, Pete, and I'd like you to ta- address that. Yeah. When, when we're working on a team's environment, mm-hmm. truth is the foundation of success. You cannot step away from truth.
1: Right. So talk a bit about that. Yeah, so in the team room environment, there's a certain truth that takes place. And in my team room, there was a sign that said, out of here, nothing, which means, it was from the ancient Spartans, they had it on their wall, which means, in here we talk, we, we're very truthful to each other. Outside, we don't talk about each other, okay? So that was their, the, right, right. their thing. So in that team room, because that's the expectation, because you know that there's, there's truth in there and there's, there's a freedom to express everything to another man as iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that environment, And you you come back from a training iteration. Let's say we've been out there doing CQB, and somebody somebody muzzle you know flashes you, you know their muzzle goes by you and it shouldn't. And you you know you get your finger indexed and all that. But that's still an expectation. Or uh, I've seen this happen on my range. I had Tim Kennedy on my on my last team that I was on a special operations detachment in Texas. And Tim Kennedy, MMA guy, you know 18 Bravo gun guy, you know master shooter, and uh, we missed. The guy next to me on the range, thank goodness it wasn't me, missed a, uh, the head of a, of a hostage taker on a paper, paper target by just an inch. It didn't hit the it didn't hit the uh, the hostage, but it missed the, the target. Okay, we're doing some rapid you know pistol shooting, which is a little more difficult, uh, and especially when you do it under stress. You know, under stress inoculation, missed it by just a little bit, missed the mark. And what is sin? Missing the mark, dude. That's good. So when Tim calls it out. And he comes up and he makes a spectacle of this major, you know, in terms of, you know, a senior NCO and he makes a spectacle and says, we operate in a zero defect environment. What if this round went the other way? You don't miss that target, sir. You know. Yeah. know, we don't miss that mark. But here's the deal, but he did it out of love because he realized that when we go down range, that shot right there could be the difference between life and death because we work in a zero defect environment. And that to me was a big lesson learned, much bigger than just placements of a shot on a piece of paper.
0: Dude, that's so good. And it's so good. Pete, you said there, and I I want you to expound on that, operate from a position of love because we we have completely distorted that word. Right. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so love, You know, we're talking about, and I mentioned it last night to one of the gentlemen, when I looked at him and said, I love you. And that was what the Lord was putting on my heart to say to him because he was hurting so bad. And I, and I grabbed him and I, I said, look in my eyes, because he was looking down almost in shame. And there's no shame here in truth, there's no shame. So when we operate out of love, and we, and we do that in truth, then it sets both of us free. Yes, it does. Me to understand humankind, because that's what we're to do. But also him to accept us from another man who's on his now, his team, right? Yep. And he's the an army of God, the Ephesians 6 type. That right there is the essence of this whole thing. It's that truth and love because we don't the truest virtue of a warrior, as I've always said, and I read it in a Stephen Pressfield book, The Gates of Fire, and this story of a kid trying to figure out what is the truest virtue through this whole book. And at the end it finally comes to love. The kind of love that a mother has for a son or a brother has in combat. It's that kind of love that you're willing to, John fifteen, thirteen, give up everything to lay down your life for your friend, and friend is philos, which is a type of love.
0: Yeah, that's it, that's it right there. And that's, that's what we also, part of that is the martyrdom spirit, to be able to literally step into the world and say, okay, right. I shall sacrifice everything right. for my love in our King and my love for my brother. That's it. That's, that's just exactly it. That's the hardest part I think that where it gets distorted for soldiers, and you and know, I have talked a lot about this, when that is misplaced by some of the things like we're witnessing that our government's allowing right now at the border which is insane because you have that commitment to do that for the love of nation, the love of the people, right. but then we have tyranny that steps in and tries to redirect that to give, use that same sacrifice for their dark e- evil and
1: eaten de- deeds. Right, I mean, that's, uh, it makes you, and you said it last night, I, I say this a lot, is it makes you the most dangerous person on the battlefield because you know that whatever happens to you today, whether you die, whether you live, that your eternity is secure. Right. When, you, when you're in that operational environment. But you can still deliver effective rounds on target, and you're that guy, you are the most dangerous person on the battlefield. And that is all done through love, not out of hate. I don't deliver those rounds out of hate. And I'm speaking metaphorically right now. The, the things that we do when somebody cuts us off and I want to just, yeah, you know, in traffic, and ah, I just drove through, you know, Sacramento, California. So you know <laughs> my pickup with no horn on the truck, it was broken. So, you know, there I am, but, but operating out of love for those that are with you in this, those behind you, and for those poor souls in front of you that just don't know any better, you still got to love them through it.
0: You do. And I think what's really amazing about this group here is there's some guys here, and this is what I love about the Church of God Tidings anyway, is they deal truly with some of the most broken. So you've got guys that have done hard time for 10 years. You sat last night, and you spoke to who was a former Sicario, right for the cartel and his greatest, his greatest
1: line last night, I'm gang banging for Jesus these days. <laughs> that dude's is on fire. He said that to me. And, uh, we had a really good talk at the end of the evening. one, when we first met, it was kind of getting to know each other, but right. later in the evening, we, as we opened our hearts and we saw this, this, uh, this congregation, the hearts of the congregation, and they're all, all the guys, this, this fire team, if you will, uh, he and I talked in the corner, and I saw that come out, that he is on fire. And so I, I shared with him, because he could sense. You, you can sense a warrior. You, yeah. know, you can see in the eyes, and you, and you know. And so you see the eyes, and you know they're a warrior, and you know whatever they've done in the past, that they may be, not that we're ashamed of, but that we know we're covered by their grace. Right. Okay? We're covered by their grace, but we made decisions. But you can sense a warrior, and I can sense in him, he could sense. it. So we really clicked at that moment, at the end of the evening. Yep. And that's when... I saw his passion because every time we would talk about the kingdom, the passion ramped up like 20 fold. When we talked about our past, it's almost like, this is what I did. Yeah. I, you know, that's where I was just so we could understand each other, set, yep. the, set the, the ground rules. And, uh, then you see that. And, and I told him, I said, you know, you ever been in a dark hallway and way down at the end of the hall, there's this little light coming from under the door. Yeah. And I said, and you've got your night vision on, so in a CQB environment, you've got your night vision on, well, light gets amplified. It gets amplified. Dude, that's huge. So and it, and it really blacks everything else out. Yeah. And everything else becomes just that little light in the corner that's 200 meters down this hallway, a long hallway. I said, that's what I've seen so far of the glory of God. And you can't unsee that. So you put the night vision up and you're like, oh, wow. You know, now I'm, now I'm blind. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you put that light vision back down, there's that light and it is so bright. And it's just a tiny little glimmer in the corner of that door. That you wanna go in there and figure it out because that's for your mission is to get in that door. But you take as many with you.
0: That is one of the best descriptions I've heard. And Patriots, if you've ever used night vision, Pete, talk a little bit about that. What what's that, what the difference is between what we see and then when we put night vision on.
1: Yeah, so you're not looking in real color, not real, you know, like we do with our our, our ambient world that we live in. But you're looking in a in a kind of a greenish hue or there may be a gray one and it's very crisp with the newer models, uh, newer generations. But uh, when you use night vision, um, if you go into a room, let's say, or let's say we're we're doing uh, outside and there's a there's a high illumination of the moon, I won't use night vision because if I do that, I ruin my uh, accommodation of my eyes to the light, right? So I'm going to keep that darkness. I'm going to stay in that darkness. Yep. I'd rather do that. But as soon as I get into a building and it's pitch black, I've got to turn this on, and whatever light that I can pick up from in there, whatever's coming through, is going to be amplified. And it's going to be amplified so much that if there is a light and you walk into a room and you open that door, you will be blinded, temporarily blinded. And at that point, you're combat ineffective. So you, you have to know how to use that system. It, it's a system, just like anything, a weapon system in your body. Right. It's a system. And so the way to use that is through years of experience and time. Because the first time you ever put one on and you step off of a helicopter and, you, and you can, you're wobbling around trying to figure out wh- which way do I put my foot. It takes a while to hone that skill, to see that light, to see things at night. It takes a while to hone that skill because otherwise you're tripping all over the place. That's the warrior heart of Jesus right there. Yeah, that's the warrior heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your mission going on down the border because this is a big deal right now.
1: It is a big deal. And, and you know, I didn't plan for any of this. Um, it started out as me basically helping some friends that lived on the border that I've met. I'd spend a lot of time down there with Operation Lone Star, which is a Texas operation to secure the border, essentially. Um, and then and the, the the National Guard in Texas has special operations units. And so we we do have our own army, if you will, probably the 12th largest army in the world in the state of Texas, wow. the Republic of wow. Texas. But... Uh, we've got our own airborne brigade and and tank division i mean it's it's amazing uh uh uh, operation down there but on the border border patrol handles the family units the people coming across well just the the people walking across the river immigration customs they're up at the point of entry so the bridges coming across the guard is there to look for the needle and the stack of needles the bad stuff coming through so through through an observation post listening post operation they're they're placed in strategic places along that border to identify those targets, and then to report. Identify and report. And then to deny territory. It's a large operation. There's 1,250 miles something of Texas border on the Rio Grande. It's not easy job. 24-7, 365, there are Americans, Texans, standing on that border watching it on that wall, let's say. Okay, it's, it's many places there are not walls. You can't right. put walls down there. In some places you just can't do it. Right. We've got concertina wire, we've got other things, we've got barriers in the in the river. But the job of these soldiers is to stand their post and guard everything in the limits of their post and to, and to stand that post until they're properly relieved. General order number one, United States Army. Mm-hmm. So that's their job. And my job as a task force surgeon was to go around and take care of those guys. But I could not take off my green beret hat, so I liaised with a lot of law enforcement and different entities that are down there to help develop this operation as a u- unified Texas effort under the Texas military department. So. When we do that, and then uh, I'm down there for two years—well, almost two years. I'm down there paying attention to detail, so I understand the border like the back of my hand. I'm developing relationships and doing all the things that a good Green Beret does, as a human being does—develop relationships. And then when I leave there and I see there's a problem still, I go help some because I, I left early. Yeah, you know, I was a wh- whistleblower against the DOD. Right, I testified right. against the DOD and SEALs of Lloyd Austin. I became a persona non grata really quick. I was not welcome there anymore. So it was time for me to get out. And I did get out. And when I did that, I was looking for work because that's, you know, my motto. I went through a dark period because I just had lost the love of my life of 39 years of guard, active and reserve, wearing a uniform, the pride that came with that and the, and the camaraderie and all those things, esprit de corps. I lost all of that in a moment's notice.
0: Well, you lost twice. Right, I mean, you, you had marriage and you had yeah. that. I mean, it was yeah. it was a double whammy.
1: So you know, twenty years of war will do that to you. Yeah, on the no, on the true. Family side.
0: How, how did you put it the other day? You were a uh, when you were deployed. I mean, you oh. uh, you you were talking about like being a deployed in deployed in a relationship. There was a comment you used.
1: Oh, you mean a geo bachelor? There you go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a geo bachelor at Fort Bragg as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so you give up a lot, right? Yes, you do For that mission. And, and I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong anymore with that because I, I, there's times when I just I detest what, what we were used to do and I feel betrayed. But there's times when I know that that was the right thing to do, the right place, the right mm-hmm. time with the right equipment and men. Uh, because we, we came through that, men and women that, that served with us. Yep. Uh, I have all men in my unit. But when, we, when, when I came back from that um, and then I got booted off my job on the border, not kicked out of the military, but booted, I went ahead and decided to get out. So now I'm going back down and just helping friends that live on the border that I've met and saying, here's how you secure your property. Here's how you uh, develop a community relationship with other people and to develop a neighborhood watch, if you will. So we do this and we start doing it. And I, I'm seeing a need because now I'm getting calls from other people saying, hey, you were just down there in you know, South Texas and uh, Del Rio area, Eagle Pass. Can you come to our community and do this? So the next thing you know, I've got like five, six communities and I'm helping people out. And I'm still going on the speaking circuit and talking in legislators in Alaska and Idaho. And, and I got an Arizona one coming up to talk about medical freedom, whole different deal on the COVID side. But from that, that led to my purpose, right? right. And God did it in a mysterious way. So the purpose was to tell the truth, to spread the word. And then you'll understand this, in a, in a rapid cycle targeting, we use this thing called F3EAD. Find, fix, finish, exploit, analyze, and disseminate. When we do that, we can get rid of ISIS out of Syria really quick, right? Obama, it didn't happen. Trump comes in, it happens because we use that cycling. But in this case, I can't finish, right? I can find and fix. I can teach people how to see things and report it. They can find it and fix it. Fix the location is what that means. And then the finishing has to take place with law enforcement because that's the authorities that are given under the doctrine of lesser magistrates, under the state constitution, under the federal constitution, there are, there are things that you can do to defend yourself in an invasion. So that is the finish. It has to be law enforcement, but that sets them up so they can do that rapidly because there's more eyes on the mm-hmm. ground. It's a listening post, observation post of civilians. Yep. And then you, you can't technically exploit, it's a bad word in the civilian world, but you can expose. That's good. Right, you That's can good. expose, and then you can analyze this information with guys like us and think tanks and whatnot, or with law enforcement in in their facilities, and then you can disseminate, which means get this word out, like we're doing right now. We're right. disseminating information. We're telling people. You always disseminate the information in the military. We disseminate it down to the lowest man. That's why the U.S. military is not the Russian military because every soldier knows the mission and he will complete the mission though he's the lone survivor. So now, when when let's say Ann Vandersteel and Michael Yon show up on the border under Operation Burning Edge. I go back down, I liaise with them and then we expose things. And what happens once again, local action, uh, global impact. We go to the Colonia north of Houston. We expose it. And now Attorney General Paxton is, you know, doing legislation to try to shut that down. So this is all turning into that, which then we created the Remnant A Team right? If you ever watch that <laughs> nice, show, it's done. right? Yeah. So, so now you got the Remnant A team and it's actually uh, under a ministry. Okay. Because it is a ministry. All these guys are all men of God and they're all pipe hitters and they're all out there and they're, and, and they're, they're going to come and go, you know, we're, we're building the plane in flight right now. And we've got a fundraiser come up. We're going to finally do this where we're not paying for it ourselves. And people have helped me in the past. They've had said, Hey bro, let me fill your tank up. Okay. Got it. I'll take it because I'm, I'm eating into my retirement here, you know, but that's okay right. because this is the mission because you know how it goes. It goes the mission, then the men, then me. That's yeah. just the way it is. You and I talked about that last night. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that's what this has become. And it hasn't been me trying to push anything. It's Americans. We, the people who have come to me and said, Hey, you know, Robert and Jamie Agee, right? They, we went up to Lubbock and we did a talk up there and they said, Oh, by the way, somebody, somebody paid for like seven billboards in the state of Texas. Hashtag, let my people go. Hashtag, shut the border. You know, uh, stop the border invasion. So these billboards are now up everywhere in Texas, right? Which puts me on a targeting list, but that's okay. We're going to deal with that. In a big way. No weapon formed against you will prosper. So now that happens. Then the next thing you know, some guy says, hey, somebody saw that billboard. We want to do this fundraiser for you. So that's hence the fundraiser on the 21st of October. So all these things are happening, not because I'm pushing it. I'm not pushing any of it. It's just... It, we're, we're falling into it each step of the way. And people are volunteering to come and help. And, they're, and hopefully in the future we can have paid positions where I can actually have full-time staff. But we're building that plane and flight.
0: Sure. You know, I think there's a couple things in there I, w- I want to unpack a little bit. And yep. uh, first of all, I just want you to highlight this fundraiser and Patriots. And this is the sort of thing we can support. This is where you can directly support these operations on the border. Pete's leading the way. but I, and, and we'll get into that in a minute. But go ahead and tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So um, Eric Genuis, G-E-N-U-I-S, he reached out through a, a, a person that I know in Florida. I'll just say her first name. I don't know if she wants her last name, Lori. And love her to death because she really orchestrated this. Got him to me. He is a concert pianist who has a heart for humanity and he he has a message too so it's not just a concert pianist with a quartet because this is this, this strange you know strange bedfellows if you will in this fundraiser because probably the last thing i probably have like you know toby keith maybe come to it you know but but in that there there's a uh, when i when i watched some of his videos and i saw he was inside of prisons on death row playing for inmates he's got a heart for people. And he realized that through this music, it was touching lives. And then he also has a interactive uh, time during that event where he talks to people about his testimony mm-hmm. and he shares. And so it's an amazing thing to watch. So he, he offered this up to do this in the state yeah. of Texas while mm-hmm. he's down there, you know, just getting off the of death row the day before. And he's going to, uh, he's going to come and support this fundraiser. So on my website, drpetechambers.com, if you go there on the first page, just scroll down just a little ways, drpchambers.com, you'll see, see the fundraiser. Well, when they asked us to do this thing, this is a God thing now. They said, well, we're going to do it in Dallas, and we're going to find a really fancy venue to put this thing on, and we're going to get thousands of people to come to this. Because he's, he's raised money for Jim Caviezel, for General Flynn, for Mickey Willis. These are the level that he raises money for. Now I'm just some Joe you know, that's just out there, and he's like, I want to help you. I saw you online. I, I, I love what you're doing. This is we the people kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you want to do? He said, I want to do it. A concert for you. I want to I want to uh, raise your team up. I want to lift you guys up. I said, okay, well bring it. So uh, we got together. We put together this concert, but the venue is key. The venue, I said, well, we, you know, I'm way down here by Austin. I, I, I can't, you know, I can get up to Dallas, but I don't know anybody. And we said, well, let's go down to Austin and do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then there were some suggestions on some venues downtown Austin, but downtown Austin, as many people may or may not know, is the motto is keep Austin weird. And yeah,
0: by the way, that's the same motto as Portland. I don't know if you know that.
1: No, oh, I do now. And so, <laughs> so uh, when you drive downtown Austin, you don't feel like you're in Texas. But I said, well, that's just not my people. I said, I live out here. I live out here in the, uh, in this, in the sticks, basically in the hill country. And so the venue that I use or I'm using is where I go to church with uh, Doug Giles, wild man for God. We call him the hatchet preacher and, and Doug Giles says, hey, why don't you use the, uh, the VFW here? So we're in a VFW. And so this event is going to take place in a, in a place filled with honor and prestige and esprit de corps of all the regiments and all the, all the uh, branches of veterans that have fought in foreign wars. And now here's the best part about this. People say, well, how am I going to get to Wimberley, Texas, and come and support this thing? I mean, it's not that far from Austin. There's a lot of people who can do that. But freedom groups have come out. Other people have come out and said, okay, how can I do this? Well, for 75 bucks or 100 bucks for a preferred seating, they're just, they're just paying it forward because on that site, on that Eventbrite site, it says pay it forward for a veteran. So whatever tickets that are bought for them, we're going to bring those old timers in from Vietnam on, and we're going to have them sitting in those seats. And we've got 400 seats total. I don't know how many have sold out, um, you know. To me a fundraiser fundraiser you give me a tank of gas i'm good to go and you know <laughs> some, and some pulled pork or brisket i'll i'll, I'll take it
0: See, that's the jim conley model right
1: there You're yeah, right <laughs> yeah jim conley a shout out to him so for me um this is my people it's going to be blessed i know it is it already is and whatever happens whoever shows up whoever gets a ticket understand this that that money is going to be used to conduct operations period there's that's no awesome. staying in fancy hotels. I haven't stayed at one hotel. I have a Gibson Go, and that's helped me out a lot. But I sleep in the back of my truck with my dog or on the ground if it's nice. That's what I do, right? I'm, I'm, I'm indoctrinated in Army. You know, I don't understand anything else. So for me, I was never guaranteed a life of comfort, and I was never issued emotions. So for me, it is one of those things. It's a labor of love. It's something that we have to do. Yes. We have to do it because I took an oath. And that oath is to protect the Constitution, no man, no legislature, no person, no general, the Constitution of the United States where represents what? We the people. And that Constitution is against all enemies foreign, I mean to protect against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so when you take that on, that's a lifelong, lifelong thing. we have heard of oath keepers. Yeah. I, I don't, i'm not a part of that but i am an oath keeper because that's a covenant now in our in my personal life i have messed up some covenants (laughs) i definitely have yeah but but this is a different phase of my life and this is a phase where every covenant that i make every covenant that i make is dear to me it is dear because i have to be a man of my word and i will be till my last dying breath In, in, in kentucky uh, when I looked up at those people that were standing in that audience and told them I loved them and said, look, I took that oath because I love you and I'm willing to lay down my life for you. And, and when, when you say it and you've nearly done that a few times for real in your life, for your brothers downrange, yep. it means something because it's not, a, it's not a, you know, be it physical, be it against my, my uh, the IRS shows up and decides they wanna come after me, whatever it takes, I'm willing to put that on the line because every time you tell the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts, but every time you tell the truth comes with a cost.
0: It's a true statement right there. Pete you said something I really want to touch on because you and I walk the same path, your different missions. Let I me mean, say it. Parallel missions, mm-hmm. supporting fire. But you said the key words. This border mission is your is your ministry. Right. That is powerful. Yes. Talk into that.
1: Yes. Okay. So as we said before, you know, this is this door that's opened on our southern border in Texas all the way to California. This door that's been opened is bringing in a disease. And it's not the people, it's the, the ideals, the disease that will, will, will spread across this nation like a cancer. And that disease is to create division. That's the disease, it's dividing us. And so it is my job to protect that. And that's a very strategic level of thinking Mm-hmm. But when we take it to the tactical level, it requires action because without the action, none of it's going to happen. I love, you know, speaking with other doctors at events. I did that a few times, you know, in L.A., defeat the mandates and whatnot, 30,000 people in the crowd. And, and those are good because that, that uh, develops a common operating picture in the minds of, of Americans, right? They understand now as a whole yes. what's happening. But but sometimes when you develop a common operating picture in the military world, as we do military decision making processes, as we do that, we're developing that. So then we can throw out the next thing, which would be, or which is part of the intelligence preparation of the battlefield. Which yes. is this is the good good guys. These are the bad guys. This is what it looks like. These are the techniques and practices of the bad guys: Cloward-Piven doctrine, human osmotic pressures. Michael Yon says, as we do that, we develop that picture, and then we go into. Uh, especially in, in the special forces in the isolation facility and we develop a concept of an operation which leads to an operations order full of lines of effort but all of those parts require action and then here's the other part you have to have a leader you have to have somebody that's willing to do the troop leading procedures to take it from concept to actual action and that's why i don't do as many talks that way because the common operating picture days are over. Right now it's action. Roll up your sleeves. Let's go to work. And that right there will result in, um, in the second and third order effects of action, which are positive response. So the positive response, how do we gauge that? Well, in, this, in the for- sense of a ministry, it, the positive response is in the hearts of man. Okay. And the first enemy that we have to defeat is that enemy within us, the liar inside of us. That's telling us, no, we can't do this. No, it's overwhelming. No, it's chaos. That right there is the cop-out. That is the pity party. That is the whatever that, that takes you off of your mission, off your lines of effort. Because I've always said this about Green Brace. Green Brace can do three lines of effort at once at 110% capacity. You throw that fourth line of effort in there, everything drops about 50%. We can do that because we can multitask. That's why, you know, a guy like me as a doctor, you know, flight surgeon, green Bray guy, you're a Swiss army knife because right. tomorrow and I've done this, I did it for Michael Young when his generator broke. I'm fixing a generator on the battlefield on the border. So sometimes you got to do things that are just not in your in your uh, ambitions. You, 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 in your, uh, your job description Yeah, good. Okay? or yeah. your wheelhouse. But yeah. in our wheelhouse, it has to be there because when you've got 12 guys living in a village stability operation in the middle of nowhere, everybody got to know how to fix a generator. Yeah, Everybody's right. got to know how to call in fire. Everybody's got to know how to, to put on a tourniquet correctly. So shoot, move, communicate, medicate. Those things are the cornerstones. And in this fight, the cornerstones of, of, our, of our faith... You have to understand that in this world of multidimensional warfare, which includes fifth generation, includes irregular warfare, it includes asymmetric warfare, it includes spiritual warfare, principalities, rulers, darkness, powers, okay, well in that world, when we, when we fight that way, the first enemy that we've got to take out is that one inside of us of doubt, of uh, I'm not worthy to be here, what am I doing in this job for? It's called uh, imposter syndrome. A lot of Green Berets have this, you know, that I can speak on. Um, I can't believe right now I'm sitting here briefing Congress on something. I was that guy that used to carry a gun and you know build foxholes. And now I'm doing this. You that's self-doubt. The Lord's prepared us for this moment. Yes, yes, Esther moment. He's prepared us. And so this is why it's it's a ministry, because I've got to walk the walk. I've got to stand up. I've got to be that leader for this group and somebody. And I'm going to always be training somebody else to be the leader for this group. There will always be somebody else standing in the gap ready to go, should I fall? Should I fall physically or mentally or emotionally? However that comes, they've got to have somebody standing up to take that next thing. So that, 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 that uh, spiritual side of it dictates directly that it is a ministry. And the ministry comes from the heart after I've cleansed myself. That's why the, I was talking about you know, confession. It's, it's the start because now you've opened up that and you've taken that weight off that extra 50-pound rock that's in your neck. Yep. And once that's gone, you can move more effectively.
0: You're really redefining in this process. And we, and you and I, have, again, had many conversations about this. Even the process of how we look at building a team, right. even in Special Forces, because we're starting in the spiritual. Oh, yeah. And then we're moving to the
1: physical. Selection is a never-ending process, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's exactly I thought about it last night. I'm gonna talk about it today. Selection is a never-ending process for every one of us in that room. From the, from the most astute scriptural leader in that room, I'm gonna say Dave in this case, you know, Dave Bryant, probably oh. the, the, the guru in that room. Oh, yeah, he's
0: off-chain. But for
1: him, yeah. all the way down to the guy that just walked in the first time he's ever heard the name Jesus, we all have the same selection process for this team, this ministry, this fight, that we could lose that at a moment's notice when we stumble. But this is why team, the word team is so important. When somebody sends me something, and says, hey, doc, good job on that thing. I, all I send back on an email, they might send me, you know, a, a five page dissertation about something and, and singing accolades and whatnot. I just say team because that's my job to do that. I don't expect medals. I don't expect accolades. I expect the mission to take place. Yep. And when the mission takes place, it's only because of the team and action. So the, from the most astute to the brand new guy that just walked in the door, that ministry, it re- works as a unit, as a team, as this, this is the church. This is the body, right? And this body moves as a team. And when that team has been uh, attacked at any corner, it's incumbent upon the other team members out of love and truth to bring that one back into the fold.
0: That's good. Man, that is so good. And that's, that's what we're doing here. Roger that. these are good men, Pete, and Mm -hmm. I, and I'm really—it's—it really, struck me last year when I came here the first time, that these are the core of what a Green Beret would just love to work with.
1: Oh my gosh, I thought that. I don't know how many times I was—I'm looking at guys with teardrop tattoos on their face, and you know, and rings and crazy hair and all that, and you got a few cowboys in here, you got some lumberjacks, and you, you got some really hard men. Yes. And I gravitate towards that because they're real. Yes, they are. They're real. They're showing you everything they got right there. And
0: that's the whole thing about it that is so amazing is these guys,
1: some of these guys have done some serious
0: hard time. And we've talked to a few of them. Mm -hmm. And they are willing to lay that out there, tell you who they are, Mm -hmm. be honest about it. Step into that next level, which is, I said, like we were talking to you last right. night, you know, gangbanging for Jesus, I <laughs> <laughs> literally, it was just so, so awesome. And, and Patricia, let me just give you the quick highlight of the story, because how it came up is he was talking about his past, and this used to a gentleman here who, he's out, he used to be a sicario for the cartel and a gunrunner.
1: Yeah, that's an assassin. And,
0: yeah, he was. <laughs> and that's, uh, and he's talking about going out to get something to eat, mm-hmm. and the gangbangers came up, the
1: current ones. After right? he had gotten out.
0: After, yeah, he's out of the cartel, right. and and came up and, he, and they said, uh, Hey, you still, you know, you're, you're still part of us. He goes, no. He goes, I left you. Yeah. He says, but don't think I can't gang bang again. And then he says, because now I gang bang for Jesus,
2: man, that was just powerful. Wasn't <laughs> that it was powerful. Man, he's just, you and know, you know
1: and, and, and we in the, in the business of, you know, hard work, understand somebody that's legit and that guy's legit. I'm going to say right now, he's legit. Uh, Oh, he is. You know, you can look at a, You can look at a guy that says, you know, yeah, I cut trees. And you look at his hands and he doesn't have a a single callus on his hands. You're like, no, you can tell by the handshake. Yeah. So with that guy, he's legit.
0: Oh, he is. I mean, that's and that's the caliber of people we have here, which I just think is amazing. And this is the other thing which is so important is that we're looking at the hearts. Mm -hmm. We're not looking at the body. And it's so critical because we're getting into the core of these people.
1: And- yeah, you know, that's the best piece of advice for anybody listening that's on that line that I was on where yeah. I came home from one of my trips and went to a men's camp uh, to heal for PTSD. Right. And it, and it was one of those things where I'm in a room full of operators, it's all operators out in Colorado in a horse ranch, and they looked around the room and said, OK, why are you here? And nobody wanted to talk first. So I'm like, well, I'm the senior guy. I'll talk first. My heart is black. That's where I was. Right. So. We, we all come into this differently, and, we, and there are people with their hearts that are black in that room. Yes, we'll sir. see them today. And there are people that are willing to open up, and they, and we started cracking some of that off last night, and it will continue because it has to continue. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't unsee it, right? There's nothing. <laughs> And the
0: Holy Spirit showed up last and, night. It and was...
1: and, you, and you, when we approach this in the, the heart of a child. Okay, that's the other thing that about Father John yes. Altman or James Altman was, you know, it's kind of silly, right? Because I'm a very serious guy most of the time. But at that moment, when I opened up my heart, I came up to him like a kid, like, hey, I want to do a confession. And you're like, well, that's not how we do it. I'm like, yeah, I know, but today that's how we're gonna do it because I gotta do this. I gotta get this off my chest. When we come like in the heart of a child and somebody else senses that, that you're just being totally transparent and vulnerable that's when the Holy Spirit's gonna just jump in there and go, I'm all over this dude, because he has got it. The heart of a child, I don't know the scripture on that one, I'll, I'll have to defer. But I don't have it right before, yeah. but it's true. And, it, that's, and it's, it's Jesus said, Father, you're not gonna get into the kingdom unless you have the heart of a child. That's right. And I, I, think, that was, I think that was in Mark somewhere, yeah, in, so. in Mark. But uh, yeah, so when we start doing it that way, and the way we look at them, right, in the eyes, through the eye portal that God has given us to see how do you look at mankind? You look mm-hmm. at him through love, now it's so much easier. It because is. if you look at him with judgment and say, look at this guy with the freaking, uh, you know, teardrop, like how many people has he killed? Right. Okay, well, that, you could do that. And that's judgment. It but is. Judge not, lest ye be judged the, you, yourself.
0: <laughs> you know? The truth's right there. This is, what's your feeling here overall? Because I, I always get moved when I get up here with these guys.
1: My feeling is, is that... Uh, as I'm looking at it, one of the kids that I prayed with last night is that those hearts will be touched. Yeah. They, will, they will feel something, that, and they have to see truth in us and know that we are not putting ourselves above them because we're standing in front of them, no. but that we're alongside. And so I think a team will be built from this, mm-hmm. just like all the other places that we've gone and talked to, downrange or here. Yep. But here this is more important. This fight is eternal. Because what we do now will echo in eternity, it will. And so to me, that's where we're setting out on building another team. I would add one thing and just
0: get your comment on that is that they also need to see the leadership to step into that place of vulnerability, that you're willing to throw it all down for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let them hear your heart openly because there they understand and can gain the confidence that they themselves can unweight and step into the same right. and be online with us.
1: Well, and street smart people will see through any kind of false dude. That's well milk toast preacher. Yep. I mean, that's just, uh, when, I, when I was asked not too long ago, there was some uh, black robe regiment uh, type uh, clergy that were speaking to me and they said, well, what was it that kept you out of church for so many years? And I said, the guy in the pulpit, what do you mean? I could see through him. Yep. He was fake. Now, that's my judgment at that time, but I wasn't in the right place to have correct judgment or correct uh, demeanor on how I listened. But the first time that I listened to a guy that's six foot three, you know, rough, tough, you know, Texan down there in Beaumont, Texas, when I walked into that church and I listened to the gospel the first time from a man that spoke truth, hard truth, but when he spoke it, When he had the uh, altar call, I was already on my way down to the front. I didn't know the operation, how it happened. I didn't know you are supposed to stand there and wait in line. I laid down on the floor and totally ridiculed myself because that's not the Pete Chambers of the past. I would have never done that. Laid down in front of these, you know, Pentecostal folks down here in Beaumont, you know, playing bongos and all that and dancing around. (laughs) I'm like, I am laying on the floor right now. And I went back to myself for a minute, but then I was like, I don't care. I am going to not show. I'm not going to show. I'm going to feel this moment and what I'm supposed to do in the glory of God, which is to, to bow down in fear that I do not end up, as he was describing, in this eternal hell damnation, but I go back to the battlefield. And this was a long time ago. It took me a while to hone this because it didn't become perfect that day. But that's the hope. That's the hope I'm giving yeah. is know that you make this decision, and you might stumble. It's okay. Well, there'll be, If you seek it, there will be someone there to help you. And sometimes there will be somebody walk up to you like, Uh, um, Pastor Pastor Anthony in the Dallas airport when he walks up to me doesn't even know me before we went to uh, Yuba in uh, the first Bard fest that I went to and he just goes are you heading to uh, Yuba? Not Yuma Yuba? And I said yeah and he just spoke into me and just listened and 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 we had a conversation but but it was real and it was based in love and it was uh, amazing to see that so I walked down I lay down on the floor. I'm like, I'm in fear because I know where I'm going to be. But now I know that this mission, much like a medical doctor in combat or a medic in combat, really, it's tip, not atypical for me to, for doctors to be on the X. I just happened to go where the patients were. But it is my job to bring one more back. You know that movie, I uh, can't remember the name of the movie. The medic keeps going out in World War II and mm-hmm. the, the Pacific Islands. He says, just one more, Lord, just one more. You keep going back for just one more until you don't breathe anymore. Until your last breath is Yahweh. Oh, that's brother, what you do. That's so powerful. And it's so powerful. Well,
0: Pete, we've got a great day ahead of yeah. us. We're gonna be we're gonna be ripping it. A lot of work open. to do. It's a lot of work to do. It's awesome. Let's. Uh, why don't you Why don't you lead us in, the, in prayer while you start
1: I'll Finish. Okay. Roger that. <sighs> Yahweh, thank you for this day that we can bring one more back. Jesus, I ask of you, I beseech you now to help us interpose, to help us lead, to help us come alongside, to help us encourage, to help us fight this fight, this good fight that will echo in eternity. Lord, I ask you, humbly, I beseech, I say, just bring one more back. In Christ's name.
0: Father, God, I just want to place before you this story today, this testimony that we've shared and this experience that we walk. Father, this is a a time right now when we're reaching into the hearts of men, waking them up, releasing them from the past and bondages and burdens that they carry and setting them free into a time to walk under the banner of Christ and as warriors of a Christ heart. So Father, I just ask that today that the prayers we share here, and the words that we've shared here resonate deep within the spirit to unlock those things that are hidden and dark to break the chains of the past and to step forward in such a way that these men can lift off these burdens put on their boots again as the soldiers of the kingdom to be ready now to wield the sword of the spirit mightily and to do so with the glory of god flowing through them in the eyes of jesus seeing into the world so father lead us in this day guide us, and bless us all when we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, we've got a mission to win and, something, and a mission to do and a war to win.
1: As my first sergeant used to say, this is a great day to be in the infantry. <laughs>
0: That's so true. <laughs> Pete, thank you very much, man. God bless, God bless you. you, brother. It's yeah, let's get after it. Let's get after it. Well, Patriots, that was Colonel Pete Chambers. Um, good, great friend, great man, just truly a, a warrior heart. And um, this is what we're here to do, is to... Awaken the men of God, and we're doing it. We're burning it up. We've got another long day. This will be the only show today. Just this is why I wanted to do this this morning. Be back tomorrow morning. We'll hit it again. Patriots, have a blessed day. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us, He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Same time, same place. Probably about 6.30 or 7. You're going to have to float a little bit on time. We've got a, a kind of a schedule. It's a bit of a moving target. But it'll be tomorrow morning. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
2: We shall pay any price, bear any burden,